Good evening. Lovely to have you with us this evening. Big welcome to Forest Fold. And if you're joining with us to, uh, online, you're very welcome. It's good to meet together to worship God. And let's start by uh, these couple of words in Psalm 46, which says this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. And the Lord says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Well, our, our first song that we're going to sing this evening is a, a reminder to us of that God is our constant and faithful place of refuge and safety for his people. So let's stand to sing, Lord, I come before your throne of grace. I find rest in your presence and fullness of joy. Let's stand to sing. Oh 
We're going to have our Bible reading now, and we are going to read Psalm 38. It's on page 467. The title for this evening is A Sufferer's Psalm. So let's read Psalm 38. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. For your arrows have sunk into me, and your hand has come down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head. Like a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and fester because of my foolishness. I'm utterly bowed down and prostrate. All the day I go about mourning. For my sides are filled with burning and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. O Lord, all my longing is before you. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart throbs, my strength fails, and the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. My friends and companions stand aloof from my plague, and my nearest kin stand far off. Those who seek my life lay their snares. Those who seek my hurt speak of ruin and meditate treachery all day long. But I am like a deaf man I do not hear, like a mute man who does not open his mouth. I have become like a man who does not hear, and in whose mouth are no rebukes. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord my God, who will answer. For I said, only let them not rejoice over me, who boast against me when my foot slips. For I am ready to fall, and my pain is ever before me. I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin. But my foes are vigorous, they are mighty, and many are those who hate me wrongfully. Those who render me evil for good accuse me, because I follow after good. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Well, the next hymn that we're going to sing was uh, written in 2016, and it marked the 50-year anniversary of the great disaster in Aberfan. On October the 21st, 1966, a coal waste tip overlooking the valley of Aberfan, destabilised by rainwater, slid and crashed down into the Pantglass Junior School, destroying most of the school as well as farm and 20 houses. The avalanche killed 144 people, including 116 children. It's the worst disaster involving children in modern history huge time of great suffering and loss. So let's sing these words. 
God who knows our darkest moments meets us in our brokenness. pray together. Let's pray. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we bow before you this evening. You are the great eternal God, without beginning and without end, without mistake, uh, without problem. And we are here, we are like a vapour which appears and then vanishes without a trace. We are fragile and easily broken. And so, Lord, it is with great thankfulness that we have a God over us who, in compassion and mercy, treats us not how we deserve, but in kindness and in love. Lord, we thank you that you know all about us. Indeed, you are our creator and know our weaknesses and our frailty. And yet, like a good shepherd, you search out for us when we were lost and you brought us home again with joy in your heart. Lord, what a great saviour you are. And you patiently restore us and guide us and lead us 
and bless us more than we can count. And so, Lord, what a privilege, what a blessing it is to be a Christian, called by your grace, saved by your grace, kept by your grace. And so, Lord, it's our heart's desire for your people this evening to, to return thanks and praise to you for your wonderful love toward us. We know that there was nothing in us that you saw us in us to, to draw us to you. You love us because you love us. And how thankful we are for that. We had everything to turn you away. We had everything to spell out our rejection, our condemnation and our judgment. And yet through Jesus, you've saved us. Oh Lord, we are so thankful and we are so blessed. And we want our hearts to be and our lives to be an, an overflow of that thankfulness, of that joy throughout our lives. And yet, Lord, as you know full well, we live in a broken world where there is suffering all around us. We see it in the lives of many. We experience it in our own lives as we go through different experiences and phases of life. Uh, some suffer in their bodies, some suffer in their minds, some share in the close sufferings of others. And Lord, we, we commit all of that to you. We live in a broken world that wars against itself, that displays the ugliest of greed and selfishness and violence. And those who are poor and vulnerable are taken advantage of and suffer greatly. Your people are marginalised and put through the worst of suffering and treated the worst. And we, we understand that that's as Jesus said it would be. But Lord, as we try to put together, to piece together, to try and understand the reason, we are often at a loss for words. We don't know the answers. There will always be questions as we live in this broken world. And yet, Lord, we thank you that you do know, that you see the whole picture. We are limited to this room at this moment and to what is in with our, our, the view of our eyesight. But, Lord, you fill heaven and earth. Everything is known to you in our lives, not just what we are going through at the moment, but you know tomorrow, you know the next day, you know our last day. You know the times that you will have to restore us. You'll know the times that you have to reassure us because we've begun to doubt that you are good. And Lord, we thank you that we can put our trust in you. Lord, help us to do that. We find that when we experience suffering and the difficulties of our life, it's like the, the storm water washing away the ground by our house, revealing what kind of foundations we've been building on. And so, Lord, help us as your people to face the trials and suffering of this life with a confidence in God, who is our refuge, and to build on his word that we'll be building on solid ground so that when the storms of life come, we remain, not because of our strength, but because of who we're building on. 
Lord, so help us. Help some here who are directly involved in uh, compassion and sympathy and uh, care for those in great need, whether it be the frailty of old age, whether it be the confusion and distress of mental illness. Lord, we pray that even if we haven't experienced that suffering, that you'll give us the compassion of Jesus to love those who need our love. For those who need the love of Jesus flowing through us to them. Lord, we thank you for um, the church, the small churches in Turkey who in their great need and suffering are a display of the love of Christ in practically helping those who have also lost everything. We thank you that there is hope in the gospel because even if we should lose all in this life, we have lost so little compared to what can never be taken away from us. And so, Lord, this evening we pray for Christians who are suffering and who are boldly displaying their faith and love and care for others as they serve others. Lord, give them boldness, give them strength and energy, give them your presence and your love to help them. That the light of the gospel will shine in the darkest corners of false religion and godlessness. That many will be brought into your kingdom. And Lord, we, as Romans tells us, we uh, groan because we live in this world of suffering. And even the creation around us is, is bound and held and is looking forward to that day of being released, of being freed of the new creation of the new heaven and earth. And it is a hope that is sure and definite. It is, we have the proof of it through the resurrection of Jesus Christ who broke the power of our suffering and death. And Lord, we think of Christ who suffered the greatest and is able to help us in our suffering. And so Lord, we find that our lives are a huge mixture of joy and suffering. We have... 10,000 reasons to praise you because we might not be going through suffering at the moment and life is good for us and we are greatly blessed and all of those things mixed together Lord help us faithfully to walk with you we commit ourselves here this week as we uh, go through our daily lives Lord help us to uh, walk in step with your spirit that the fruit of the spirit will be clear to see in our lives, in our attitudes, in the choices that we make, in the things that we watch, the things that we listen to, in our priorities. Lord, help us. We, we're constantly in a battle and we need your strength. We need your grace to keep us. We need your presence with us all of the time. And we say, Lord, without you, we can do nothing. So help each one of us and bless us, we pray. Lord, I pray this evening for uh, those of us who are parents. And Lord, we desperately need your help to be wise in training our children. We desperately need that energy and strength to prioritise <coughs> teaching them your word <clears throat> and doing what's best for them. Lord, help us to keep at it as it's a, it's a battle in itself and a struggle so often. Help us to be faithful to our children. 
and we pray you'll bless them. We pray that you'll protect them from this evil world which has a great pull on them. We pray for our elderly friends and ask that you'd, you'd comfort them as the experience of life often becomes more difficult and more restrictive and harder. We pray for those in hospital and in care homes, our dear friends that we know we haven't seen for, for some time, those who are suffering in hospital in different ways. We ask that they will draw strength from knowing that you are with them. Lord, then we commit this coming week to you with the um, Hope Explored course, with first steps on Thursday, and we pray that you'd your blessing on those events. We pray that there will be energy and strength given to those who lead and work hard. We pray for some good conversations this week, conversations that will open up to Jesus, to what's important in life, to your word, to opportunities to find out more. Lord, we really pray for that uh, for Thursday and, and Tuesday evening. So Lord, bless us this evening. Help John as he preaches for us. And we pray that you'll be with us here and that we would be comforted from your word, taught from your word and built up in it, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, if anyone knows what suffering is, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And our next song directs us to think of his sorrow and of his suffering on our behalf. Through all our days, we'll sing the praise of Christ, the resurrected. Let's stand and sing.
Psalm 38. Uh, I've not spoken from this psalm before. It's a lovely delight that even though I've been speaking and preaching for 25 plus years, to still find things that uh, I haven't spoken on and which seem to be sort of gems as I look at them. Uh, you perhaps don't know this psalm very well. I'd be surprised if this evening, today anyone thought, oh, Psalm 38, that's my favourite psalm we're going to be thinking about this evening. It's not a very well known psalm, but it caught my eye while I was um, uh, away and uh, I thought it could be a, a psalm which would be helpful to look at. So have it open this evening if you've got a Bible or an app and uh, also be ready to chip in at a few points. I'm just wanting a few comments from the floor just to help us engage with the passage. We're in Psalm 38, a suffering psalm, a, a psalm about suffering and more than that, written by a sufferer. Suffering, of course, one of the great perplexities of our minds, one of the great features of our lives, one of the big heartaches as we look around and think of and care for others. And yet the Bible speaks a lot about suffering and it speaks into suffering and here it, it drops, if you like, into the experience of suffering. The Bible's not remote and blinkered. It gets down there in the muck of life. And it does in this psalm. And a, a psalm like this might help you now, hoping and praying that it would be a help to some. Or it may be a help to you in the future, or it may be a help to you as you support, uh, take interest in, look to identify with others who are really going through difficult times. Uh, four things stood out to me about uh, suffering in this psalm. As we hear the, the cry of David in his suffering, so I'm just going to go through those four things, uh, not following sort of chunk by chunk through the psalm. It's going to bring out different parts of the psalm, which is partly why I want you to have it open and be looking at different things. And uh, the first aspect is this, loads of aspects. The psalm reminds us of loads of aspects of suffering. It's very clear that this man was suffering a lot and in lots of different ways. It comes out in nearly all the verses, really. Uh, and though it might seem, in a way, to be a bit of a miserable list to, to think through that, it can help, can't it, when you're going through the mill uh, to hear words that you can identify with and say, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's, that's how I feel. It's been my situation. So do have a, have a look. Have a look at the psalm in front of you. Um, any phrases that stand out or, or words that just sort of typify some suffering or describe suffering which 
sort of stand out to you just as you look at it? Let's have just a few call out to sort of get us um, engaged with the psalm. Arrows have sunk into me. Okay. Feeble and crushed. Verse 8. Sorry? Utterly bowed down. That's in verse 6. And one more. Sorry? Too heavy. Too heavy for me. Starts to get us into it. Well, this is um, some of the different aspects that I, I, I sort of split it as as I looked at it. Physical weakness. Verse, verse 3. No soundness in my flesh. No health in my bones. Verse 8. As we've had, I am feeble and crushed. His very frame feels weak and achy. Like if you've had the, the real flu when you really do feel knocked down and physically done in. Physical weakness. Intense burden. Second part of verse 4. Like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. Verse 6 we had, I am utterly bowed down and prostrate sense of being under an immense weight which is unbearable deep pain verse 2 arrows have sunk into me it's very descriptive isn't it verse 5 my wounds stink and fester Verse 17, my pain is ever before me. Is it actual pain or was it a description? Pain is a very descriptive word sometimes for how we feel inside in what we're going through. Deep pain. And that's how this man feels. Immense sadness. Verse 6 at the end. All the day I go about mourning. Verses 9 and 10. O Lord, all my longing is before you. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart throbs, my strength fouls me. And, this, and the light of my eyes, it has gone from me. Is there a sparkle in this man's eye? Is there a joy? Is there a delight? Is there a happiness? You look into his eyes and they're not there. Social isolation. Verse 11. My friends and companions stand aloof from my plague and my nearest kin stand afar off. Treated, if you like, like a leper. 
but not just by the sort of wider society, but those who he would expect to be most dear to him. His friends, his companion, his nearest, his close family is what that means, nearest kin. Verse 13, but I am like a deaf man. I do not hear like a mute man who does not open his mouth. And then final category I had, it was unjustly pursued. Unjustly pursued. Verse 12, those who seek my life lay their snares. Those who speak my hurt speak of ruin and meditate treachery all day long. Verse 19, but my foes are vigorous, they are mighty, and many are those who hate me wrongfully, those who render me evil for good, accuse me, because I follow after good. Unjustly pursued, targeted, sought out, hated, uh, the object of animosity in an unfair way. And as you look at those, perhaps you can identify with some of them. Maybe all of them. As I was thinking this, thinking of some of our older friends, maybe those who are listening online in a home or might listen to a recording afterwards, and, and they go down lists like that, and, and so much of their life seems to be summarised by some of those categories. So there's loads of aspects of suffering. This is a real psalm, isn't it? This is really, you know, this gets down into the muck of sadness, of desperate human experience. And it comes down and it's there. And, and, it, and it helps to, to, to see it and have it worded and to have somebody else who felt like that. Uh, let's move on a, a little to think, secondly, that suffering here is linked with sin. Although he's being falsely accused, we saw that, he realises he's far from innocent. He's deeply aware that his suffering is linked to his sin in other ways. Um, sometimes this is called a, what's called a penitential psalm, a sort of sorry psalm. Uh, there are a number of them, seven ones that are particularly seen as penitential psalms, and this is one of them. So again, have a look and, and, and mention, can you see any verses which seem to, he seems to make a link between what, what he's going through and, and link it to his own sin in some way? Thank you. Because of my sin, verse 3. Yes. Rebuke me not in the first verse, implies sin. Which and which verse is that? Thank you. Eighteen. I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin. So he he feels he's going through something of God's discipline. In verse one, he talks about my sin in verse three, as we've seen, and he says it's because of my sin. So he sees a link. And then in verse four, for 
my iniquities have gone over my head. He's not just one or two. He just sort of feels flooded by the things that he's done wrong. Verse 5, perhaps you saw that too. Because of my foolishness. And then that double mention in verse 18, I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin. So some further links elsewhere in the Bible with the theme of rebuking. All suffering has a link with sin through the fall. We know that if we know our whole Bible story. The Bible is clear, isn't it, that much sin is not directly much suffering, I should say, is not directly linked to our personal sin. Just trying to think through this link with sin. So you think of Job, who suffered loads, but is eminently uh, a godly man, righteous man. You think of the blind man in the Gospel of John, and they're wanting to say, what, what, what sin has caused this in this man's life? And Jesus says, it's, it's not him or his parents. And it can be harsh and unkind to try and link all suffering with sin in a direct personal way. It can be unhelpful to yourself, unhelpful to others. But some suffering is linked to sin. It is because we've done wrong. We are reaping what we have sown. And that's the case here. He realises that there is a link between his suffering and his sin. I don't think we know at what point David wrote this psalm. Um, if it was after the Bathsheba Uriah incident, well, he had received forgiveness and confessed his sin, but the consequences remained, didn't they? And they were very painful. Well, for us, Perhaps some of our misery is directly linked to going against God's way. We know that some of our heartache and difficulties and pain is, is because of bad choices and because we've turned our back on God. And in that way, a psalm like this can, can speak directly into that. You can sort of voice some of this psalm in a very real way as a, a point of confession in what you're suffering but if that's not the case, still in our suffering, we, we sometimes find our sin is exposed, don't we? The Lord uses it to show us our sin. It has a sort of sanctifying influence. And when we're suffering, we, we, we're confronted either through the suffering or in looking back in how we've been with, I'm such a self-absorbed person. I've been so ungrateful. My, am I impatient. I'm such a proud person. 
And the Lord uses sometimes our suffering to bring attention to our sin. And so it may be, as a result of looking at the psalm this evening, that uh, there might be some personal confession that comes out because suffering has either a link with sin directly or it's just exposed the sin in our life. So suffering here is linked with sin in this psalm. Another aspect which struck me in suffering is looking to God. Looking to God. Um, now this psalm is not as positive as some troubled psalms. Some psalms, aren't they, they're, they're clearly on the other side of suffering. And there's a sense of relief and there's a sense of praise and there's a sense of rejoicing. You think of something like Psalm 34 or Psalm 116 and there's a lot of thanksgiving and praise. But that's not the case here. He, he's still in longing. I don't think this is the bleakest psalm. I think probably... Uh, the award for the bleakest psalm, you have to add 50 and go to Psalm 88. That seems to be the darkest psalm. But this is a pretty bleak psalm, isn't it? But having some psalms like this can also help. It helps when you're still very much in the suffering because maybe you're not the other side of the suffering and you're still in it. It's still an ongoing experience. It's still hard. And you've got a psalm that, that's, that's still there. You're not at 34 or 116, but you are in 38. And it helps to have Psalm 38. The Bible's not just at the finishing line. The Bible's not just uh, sort of out, uh, on the side of the pit. The Bible gets in the pit. If life is if you like, the pits at the moment, then here is a psalm for you, Psalm 38. So the way he is looking to the Lord, even through this, is a, is a model, it's a, it's a help, it's an example for us. So let's look at the psalm again. Um, can you pick out any... Verses that show his eyes are going upwards where, 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 where the Lord is referred to. Let's have um, any verses that you can see. Verse 15. But as for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. Others? At the end there, do not forsake me, O Lord. I, o my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Any others? O Lord, my longing is before you. And verse 1 we could say, couldn't we, at the start, O Lord, it starts, O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger. And so, even in this, and even through all of those six areas of things, 
He's looking upwards. His, his eyes are to the Lord. His cry is to the Lord. And when you're going through these things, your eyes can be encouraged to go upwards. Your cry can go upwards to the Lord. There, there, there is there's communication. There's somebody to go to. And he goes, despite his sort of heaviness and despite his sadness, there, there is an element, isn't there? It's not necessarily of thanksgiving and praise and triumph, but there is there's expectation, there's, there's, there's trust, there's a, a need that he feels the Lord can deal with. I think verse 15 perhaps brings it to, 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 to its fullest maybe. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. So in your, in your ongoing suffering, in your multiplied suffering, call out to the Lord. Look to him. It's called at the starter. A psalm of David for the memorial offering. No, no, people aren't totally sure what, what that means, but it seems to have this idea of bringing it to God's remembrance, bringing his suffering to God. And we can do that. We can bring it to God's remembrance. Just a, a couple of psalms later, you get Psalm 40, which is a, another psalm which knows about being in the pits, and it ends like this in verse 17. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. So in suffering, we can look to the Lord and we can call out. But more than that, when our suffering is linked to our sin... Even then we can still call out to the Lord and look to the Lord. If your suffering is clearly a result of the choices you've made, the mess you have made, there is a hope from a psalm like this to look upwards and call out to trust and expect because of the Lord's grace and his faithfulness and his love. And then we've got our final area that think this psalm should lead us to and that's this like our saviour like our saviour um, we're reminded in in Luke that the psalms point to Jesus Luke 24 44 then he said to them, these are my words that I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So when you read, when we read Psalms like this, full of suffering, in a way our, our mind can't but go to Jesus so with, with that uh, in view, have a, a look. are there any phrases or aspects of what we've read in Psalm 38 which make you think of Jesus and his suffering? Let's just have a few again. Arrows, a spear, 
Yes, arrows and spear in his side. Thank you. Mute man that doesn't open his mouth. And you're you're going on to where we, we shall end up, Phil. Thank you. And I have one more. Verse 11, my friends and companions stand aloof from my plague. So, you know, some of the things are similar to what you've said, really. Verse 5, my wounds. Verse 7, my sides. Does that, does that make us think of when Jesus' side was pierced? It sent my mind in that direction. Failing strength, verse 10, my strength fails me. Unable to carry his cross, grown weaker on the cross. The desertion of his friends, all his disciples forsook him and fled, we read in the Gospels. My friends and companions stands aloof from my plague and my nearest king stand far off. The silence, as has been suggested, like a mute man who does not open his mouth, makes you think of Isaiah 53 and verse 7, also pointing to Jesus. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that has led to the slaughter and like the sheep, that is, before its shearers, is silent, so he opened not his mouth. The hatred, verse 19. Many are those who hate me wrongfully. The murderous intent, verse 12. Those who seek my hurt and meditate treachery all day long. Perhaps we could even say from the last couple of verses, a fear of being forsaken. Do not forsake me, O Lord, and the cry of Jesus. Oh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So in a psalm like this, we get pointed to Jesus. And that's always good, isn't it? That's always good to be pointed to Jesus. He usually helps us in our own suffering when we can see the way Jesus suffered and what he went through. That's a big help. All six of those categories, really, are true of Jesus in what he went through, aren't they? But there is a bit of a problem, isn't there, when you come to a psalm like this, or perhaps you haven't felt it... I've sometimes thought it when I'm reading through. I'm tempted to think, well, this is a, a psalm about, this is a psalm that's pointing forward to Jesus. And then I think, but hang on a minute, this person is guilty in the psalm. He's confessing his sin. How can it point to Jesus, who was perfect and righteous, when it's a, a, a psalm about a, a sinner? You think, well, I'm not quite sure it does point forward to Jesus. You know, how can it be when it talks about my sin and my iniquity and my foolishness, as we looked at in the second section? But you know, in some ways, it points forward to Jesus even more vividly when you see that. 
His suffering was linked with sin, but it just wasn't his own sin. He was suffering because of sin and sinners, but it was because of the likes of you and me that he was suffering in that way, and not his own sin. 2 Corinthians 5 ends in this way. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Ultimately, he took on all this. He suffered in all these ways so fully so that you could be ultimately spared it. We may not be spared in this life. We know we live in a land of suffering. But in the next life, he will wipe away all tears from our eyes. There will be no suffering. And how is it that unrighteous people like you and me can be in a place of such perfection? It's because Jesus took on himself our sin and our suffering in his life and at the cross. So that heavy hand of God felt here, that sense of rebuke, that discipline, that indignation has instead come down on Jesus so that our eternity is gloriously free of suffering if we've put our trust in him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his wounds we are healed. So, a lesser known psalm, isn't it? Psalm 38. But a, a psalm I hope that you felt comes alongside us in our suffering, encourages us to look up to the Lord, even when we're going through the mill, even when we've done wrong, and a psalm which amazes us as it directs us to our Saviour and what he's done on our behalf. Well, in a moment we're going to sing our, our final song, which picks up that last theme of Jesus being a man of sorrows and taking all of that on himself for us. But before that, we often have a little quiet moment for personal prayer, and you may want to personally pray, but I was thinking that in just these few moments, you know of people who are suffering. And maybe the things that are in this psalm, you can turn into a prayer, especially for them at this time. So let's have a moment for personal quiet prayer when we can think of those who are especially suffering.
well, I might have to cut you short. There are a lot of people that are suffering and there's probably more that you can carry on praying for maybe uh, later this evening. But shall we have our last song and it's a, a song which will lead us to think of Christ in all that he has gone through for believers. Man of sorrows, Lamb of God, by his own betrayed.
just remind you there is tea and coffee available afterwards. Do feel free to stay for that. Let's pray. Lord, we praise you for your word and its helpfulness. The way it comes alongside and enters our experience, we pray that that may have been a real blessing this evening to some here who we know have gone through very difficult and dark pathways. May your word draw alongside them and help them. May it help them to look up to you and to place their trust in you through all that they are going through. Lord, where our trouble is so clearly linked to what we have done and the choices we have made, we thank you that this psalm gives words to us and turns us towards you. And we thank you for the way in which we can see the links to Jesus and what he has done for us. We praise you for a suffering saviour who has paid our debt and removed the curse for us, that we might dwell in a place where there are no tears because he has borne our suffering. We praise you for Jesus. Amen.